Welcome to the Yard Reform Podcast. We strive to help people understand the effects of applying chemicals to their yards and attempt to change the way we landscape, garden, and live overall. Join us weekly for chats about all things organic gardening and landscaping, composting, permaculture, native planting, pollinators, and beyond. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy today's show. Hello, everyone. This is Emily Richards of Yard Reform, and today I'm here with Kathy, founder of a vermicomposting, correct me if I'm wrong in the pronouncement there, business called Kathy's Crawlers, a speaker and advocate for sustainable ways to live a simpler life. She does laughter yoga. She sells sprouts. She does it all, and I'm really excited to have her here. Kathy, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Emily. I'm so excited. Yuppie! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we have lots of laughs for this podcast episode because Kathy is a laughter yoga teacher, so that's fun too. Kathy, can you start by just telling us about your story and how you got into all these fun things, but specifically worm composting? Absolutely. So, yeah, so... Gosh, I started my worm adventures back in 2002 and it wasn't, you know, it was funny because anybody that's listening and thinking worms, hmm, and worms in the house, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, it was a whole big long journey. You know, I think when we have a goal, it's rarely a straight line. So anyway, I started my worm business in 2002. I was afraid of worms, not right before, but... <laughs> You know, and not afraid that they would hurt me, just that I didn't really want them in the house, right? They're meant to live outside. Um, yeah, and so this is, what I'm doing is indoor composting with worms. So it's, it's a special worm called a red wiggler, and the worms will convert the food scraps and the paper into fertilizer that then we can put on our lawn and grow delicious food. <laughs> yeah, so... How exactly does that work? Where do you where do you just get worms? Do they just come in the mail and then you put them in a box or tell us a little bit inside? Yeah, so for for do-it-yourselfers, you could create your own um, bedding for the worms, which is simply shredded paper, a little soil and whatever. It's quite simple. And then you feed your food scraps. There are systems. I do have a beautiful system that is um, also a functional piece of furniture. It's designed like a stool. And it's a tower composter. So really, it's not the container. It's creating the correct environment for the worms. I like that. Yeah, I think I saw some of those on your website. And I was curious about, you know, okay, so I'm going to bring a, some kind of container into my home. And I'm going to have worms in there. And I'm going to throw a bunch of food scraps in there. How is how invasive is this in my home? You know, am I going to hear worms crawling around? Is it going to attract a bunch of other animals? Um, what is it like to have worms in the house? Oh, great questions. Thank you. That's beautiful. So, um, the, no, the worms are self-contained. They do require, um, you know, the microbes from the soil, but those all stay in the container too. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's aerobic process, meaning with oxygen, so it doesn't smell like rotting food. Um, it kind of just has an earthy smell, if anything, and it's not going to attract extra rodents and stuff. I mean, if you have those in your house, 
you know you need to address those <laughs> but the composter itself will not um will not be attracting additional rodents into your house okay so essentially any of my food scraps are just going into this bucket and then the worms eat them and turn them into a beautiful compost Right, so the worms poop, so they eat the paper and they eat the food, and they require both, and then they turn that material, like their their poop or whatever, is is the compost. That's the black gold. It's beautiful. Um, it's it's the worms will convert the material into a form that the plants can easily take up. So how do you get over the hurdle of getting people to to say, okay, cool, like. I've never really wanted worms in my house, but I do want beautiful compost and I want to do something more for the environment. I don't want to throw out as much trash. What's your go-to line? What do you tell people? I think exactly what you just said there. Um, we kind of just need to change our mind. Like when we think worms have a bad, a bad rap. I mean, can of worms is always a bad expression, right? Um, parasites. <laughs> <laughs> right all of these things and and I'm finding um, I'm meeting people who were traumatized maybe in the schoolyard on a rainy day with worms somebody was chasing them or whatever and if you were traumatized as a child by something you're not going to invite that in as an adult into your house right you need to get over that psychological piece first so what I say to, to people is the worms are they don't have teeth they can't harm us they're really just doing good. They're really converting all this material. So, so how do I get people to go get over the hurdle? If they can internalize what they're doing right now, just throwing the stuff in the garbage and creating a big mess in the landfill, like methane, it has to be trucked around. So all of our tax dollars being spent on garbage when we could turn that, you know, beautiful garbage. It's not garbage. It's a resource. <laughs> Right. If we change our mind, it's really changing our mind about something. Um, so if we um, decide that worms are great because they have five hearts each, that's true. Eight hundred to a thousand worms in a pound. That's four to five thousand hearts. So beautiful. <laughs> right. And, and if we can think about the beautiful part that we're doing for the for the world, like for the planet, we're fixing the soil. We're able to grow more nutritious food for our family. And, and then uh, that garbage that we're creating is being managed on site rather than having to be trucked away. Yeah, I think, you know, that it's, it's as simple as that. We have to change our minds and, it, and it's that same thing for so many more environmentally friendly ways to live. You know, sure, it's easy to put everything in Ziploc plastic bags, but then you're throwing away a bunch of plastic. So we have to change our minds about a lot of things. And today it's, it's worms. <laughs> and, it, and they're beautiful. It really is. Like I was afraid of worms before starting my business. Um, but then, you know, I started to do research and it took, it was a long process. It wasn't like, Oh, I want to start a business. What can I do a business in? What am I afraid of? No, you know, they just kept coming to me. And then, you know, our landfill closed in 2002. And we started shipping garbage out of the country. And this is a solution. So in Toronto or larger urban centers, lots of people that live in apartments and townhouses, uh, condos without space to do outdoor composting. Um, so all of those scraps, you know, this is indoor composting. It's magic, really, when you think about it. 
and um, over the winter as well. You know, if you live in a really cold place where potentially your outdoor compost pile will freeze, it's nice to have something that can just keep going, I think. Um, so it's I think the worm thing is really interesting, even as an environmentalist myself, who I'm not afraid of worms. I, I grew up, you know, kind of digging them out of the soil and playing with them, actually. <laughs> um, I still have this piece in my mind where I'm like, okay, I'm bringing worms into the house. Um, so I'm excited to get over that because of the many things we can do with compost. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about compost and what you use compost for. Yeah, so the compost, um, the worms will convert the material that they eat into a form that's readily available for the plants to take up. So when we grow food or grow any plant, the nutrients come out of the soil into the plant. And then if we take those clippings, the, you know, the scraps, whatever, and throw them in the garbage, yes, we could grow something in that soil, um, but it doesn't have as many nutrients as it used to have. You know, our food is deplete. Uh, we, you know, that's why we need to take supplements now, or I can't remember what the statistic was. Um, like a broccoli from 1950s, the nutrient value of that, you would have to eat like 20 heads of broccoli to get the same nutrient value like impossible to eat that much yeah and it's because the nutrients aren't in the soil so we can still grow the plant but the plant has less nutrient value then hello clock, <laughs> hello, clock. yeah i've heard that and you know I, I think a lot of it has to do with also the way of course we farm especially big agriculture and tilling fields and planting the same crop over and over again and instead of some more sustainable agriculture. Um, there was a documentary that just came out about that, which was really interesting, called Kiss the Earth. Kiss the Ground. Kiss the Ground, sorry. On Netflix, yes, watch it everybody. <laughs> so good, and I learned so much. I'm all about no-till farming now. And I think that's another way that we can help uh, bring the nutrients back into the soil. But of course, on a small scale in your own home or garden, you, you know, it'd be nice to just be able to make your own compost and put that back into the soil. Yeah, so here's one, another way, you know, for people that are skeptical about what's happening in the world and, you know, not sure about our food production and whatnot, here's a way that you can know what's in your food. If you're making your own soil and then you grow your food in that soil, you know, you're kind of closing the whole loop on the food and you can be responsible for what's going in it. You know, people will put um, fertilizers. We're really looking for the quick fix all the time. And that's not the way nature works. Like if, you know, to put artificial something on your plant, of course the plant will grow because the chemical engineers have designed it that way. Yeah. Right. So they're feeding the plant. That's great. The plant is big and it looks beautiful. It really is just depleting the, the soil even further. Absolutely. It's a great thing to always keep in mind. It's something that I've been conscious of, but as um, a pregnant woman right now, everything that goes into my body, well, especially in the first trimester got Googled. <laughs> then you think, okay, I'm allowed to have this, but is this pumped with chemicals? Does this have the nutrients that I need? And unfortunately I was traveling before I got pregnant and didn't have an established garden, but ideally, you know, how great would it be to make your, all of your, eat your own food from your own garden that 
is from your own soil as well and not just some it says it's organic but it gets past some rule some loophole that <laughs> lets it so you know I, I guess one of my questions to you is like if everybody did this what would the impact be on the world on the earth on the our health? oh my gosh the impact okay so before starting my business, I heard that a pound of worms, like these are red wigglers, so they're, they're a small worm, a, a pound of worms and their descendants could transform a ton of organic waste in a year. And I heard that the average Canadian slash American family produces a pound of organic waste in a year. And I was like, oh, every, like, so not that you're going to be able to manage a ton of organic waste in a Rubbermaid container, no. But just the eye, the eye, the visual of that is just like, wow. So in a, say in a big manure pile, for example, like a big pile of cow manure, add the worms in there and then boom, they're going to, them and their babies are going to reproduce and all of them will be able to reduce that pile a ton by a ton. Wow. Amazing. Like, so the impact is huge. And like uh, talking about manure, there's so many applications. We were talking about in-house food scraps and paper. You can go to farm now as well, and they will reduce manure piles. Um, before starting my business, there was a, a problem with the one of the wastewater treatment plants, and several people died in a small town. Um, the manure had seeped in, and I mean, it was a big, a big problem. Uh, and I was like, wow, I had heard that the worms can reduce manure piles by up to 80% reducing or eliminating gram-negative bacteria, E. coli, salmonella, shingella, all these things that cause trouble for people. So making the manure safer for handling and then more readily available for the plants. Woo! Yeah, it's amazing. And especially right now where we're really at a point in our world where the climate crisis is it, seemingly unstoppable at least on a small scale in your own home, you can do these things. And if you're not doing these things, then, you know, nothing's going to change. So, you know, getting worms into the house or, or, you know, you don't have to use worms. There's other methods of composting, of course, but, you know, I just, I love how efficient the worm compost is and you don't have to get out there and turn it. If you're already composting that's something that a lot of people complain about <laughs> mm -hmm. is uh, the work that is involved <laughs> well you can add worms to your outdoor composter as well and they'll do the turning they speed up the process and again create a finer product so compost is great worm compost is greater it's just a little more processed by nature so if you added them to your outdoor compost pile would they stay within that pile because there is so much good stuff in there or would they run away <laughs> uh the red wigglers are not soil dwellers so yes they're going to stay in the compost pile or manure pile wherever you put them as long as there's enough organic material for them to consume otherwise they will stray um just but really going to their death if there's no food in the system oh. and then they would become food for something else like a mole or a, a bird or something yeah, interesting. Okay, I never, I didn't think about putting them in an outside pile, but of course that's a great option. And a lot of people have them enclosed anyways, even if they're outside. Yes. Add worms yeah. to everything. Get worms, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's hilarious and it, it sounds ridiculous, but I think that it's just something that we need to normalize. We need to destigmatize worms. <laughs> we, and, and it's happening. Thank you for talking about it today on your podcast. I appreciate it very much. It's 18 years, Emily, I've been doing this. And, you know, I, I, I do a lot of talking. I chose media as my marketing strategy until people are ready to hear the message. They're not hearing the message. <laughs> Exactly. Right. And so is now it, the time is now, you know, um, comp, uh, food waste is one of the things that we can do to mitigate climate change. It's one of the top 10, um, things that we can do to, um, help to mitigate climate change. Really? Absolutely. And it feels good. feels good. It's so beautiful. When you grow your own food in, in this beautiful, um, soil that's created the 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 food tastes so good yeah. and it's so satisfying growing your own just because then you're like oh my gosh look at this tomato or look at this pepper or whatever it is that you've grown it's you know it just seems to have more value and I find that less gets wasted because you grew it yourself you put it you had that all it all that invested energy to grow it to weed around, like to tend to it, water it, you know, talk to it, whatever you do. <laughs> right. And then when it's time to eat it, of course, you don't want it to go to waste. Yeah, definitely. I, I have never tasted tomatoes from anywhere but my own garden that tastes as good. It's like, I don't even like to eat tomatoes outside of my own garden. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're particularly, you know, one of those fruits where it's, it's hard to get a good one. But um, speaking of growing, I thought maybe we could touch a little bit on your sprouts endeavors as well. Yes, please. So, <laughs> so my working title is Kathy Crawley Laughing Bean Queen. So <laughs> thank you for laughing. <laughs> uh, so the crawly part is the worms, laughing, laughter yoga we talked about a little bit. And then the sprouting um, is the bean queen part. So yeah, so funny. 2002 was a big year. I was exhibiting uh, for my worm business, you know, at eco shows and farmers markets and wherever I could have a table. One of my very first shows, I met a gentleman who had this spaceship um, thing. I should have had one, a spaceship um, looking thing. And I was like, what is that thing? <laughs> and he said uh, it was a sprout grower and it's to grow your own sprout so you know the um the bean sprouts in chinese food the long bean so those are mung beans those are the beans that i use um but i but i eat them as soon as the seed or the bean is germinated so the root is the the length of the bean that's when it's most nutritious sprouts are superfoods so they contain everything that that the plant needs to grow it into a full-grown plant so eating the sprout makes sense that it's more nutritious than waiting for the whole thing to grow. It starts losing nutrients as it grows. And sprouts have up to, um, up to uh, what is it, 100 times more digestive enzymes than raw vegetables. Wow. Wow. And you can grow them essentially, especially if you have this spaceship pod right inside your own home as well. Absolutely. So the one, so again, just like the worm composting, you can do sprouting in jars, paper towels. There's all kinds of ways to do sprouting. The system that I have just makes it really simple. Um, there's, it's a hydroponic system, so it creates a little um, microclimate, a little greenhouse um, 
system that sits on the counter. It's the side. Thank you. Oh, here we go. <laughs> My husband just brought it. Oh, you, it, it's on video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll throw pictures into the blog. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah so, so you just um, put a little bit of water in the bottom and then put your seeds on top. The mung beans will germinate in 24 to 36 hours, so fresh food. And I start my day every day. It's 18 years I've been eating sprouts. Wow. And I'm super healthy. I'll be 57 in about a month. No, 58. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I've finally gotten to the age where I'm forgetting what my age is. I think it's 31 now. But, um, but yeah, you just stop for... Stop remembering those kinds of things. It's a number. It doesn't really matter. You can't control that, so don't worry about that, the number. Um, but, I, but I'm super healthy, high, high energy, have no health issues, take no prescription drug, no multivitamin. Growing my sprouts, that is my, my, my multivitamin. Every day, I start my day with a tablespoon or two of those uh, raw, raw, raw sprouts and good to go. Health is the most important thing. I was talking to my husband about, you know, if there's one thing that I could really give our child, our unborn child, <laughs> it's, it's health. And it's a lifelong, you know, learning of how to get that health and, you know, gardening and growing sprouts and eating the right foods and doing that organically is, I mean, you can't, you can't buy that in the store. You have to work for it, you know, and you have to, you have to know, you have to have the education. So I think it's so important to tell people. And, and it's easy though. Worms and sprouting are not crazy difficult things to do. So it's changing our mind again though, Emily, we talked about, you know, how do you get people to buy into this stuff? It's changing our mind about, oh, it doesn't have to be so convenient. It just is part of how we're operating now rather than oh, I'll just go buy something at the store it might take a little bit longer to do your own. Yeah, absolutely. And so many things, maybe that should have been the name of this podcast is changing our minds because <laughs> it's, uh, it's so many environmental things that people look at and they're like, that's not really for me. I remember seeing my first composting toilet in high school and being like, that would never happen. <laughs> now, you know, that seems really responsible. I should get those. You know? um, well, when you think about composting toilets, really, we flush beautiful, delicious, purified drinking water down the toilet. I know. What? Crazy. Th what? We're like, so wasteful. Oh my gosh, there's places that don't even have drinking water and we just use it to flush away the poop. Good for us. Which we could also be using to compost our gardens, which exactly. we really don't like to think about. <laughs> if people don't like wow. worms in their garden, they don't necessarily want human poop, but <laughs> it's a great fertilizer. <laughs> exactly. That absolutely. Yeah. So, a lot of things we have to change our mind about and a great way to change our minds is to keep a positive attitude. And I just think we would be doing the wrong thing if we didn't tell people a little about the laughter yoga that you do. Okay, beautiful. And if this is that as well. <laughs> We're touching on everything today, folks. Just yeah, no. <laughs> There's something for everyone. Um, so yeah, laughter yoga is super fun. It's, it's really not, um, it's not about fancy pants or poses. It's not doing, you know, yoga and then laughing. It's actually intentional laughter exercises. 
just laughing for the health of it. Um, yeah, and it, so as the laughter leader, it's, the, it's actually the 25th anniversary of laughter yoga. Started in uh, 1995 by a medical doctor in India. And his goal is world peace through laughter. That's a great goal. Wow. Can you imagine? Like everybody laughing together. How beautiful. Because when you're laughing, it really connects you. It breaks down barriers and you just feel, um, you feel compassion for the, the person that you're with. It's just, it's really something magic that's happening. So now during this um, time that we're in, I've, uh, I've taken to Zoom like everybody has, and I'm doing laughter classes every Tuesday, 9.30 Eastern Standard, um, for 30 minutes, free Zoom classes. That's so wonderful. And I actually missed yesterday's, and I was so excited to do it, and I spaced it. But I'm really looking forward to it, and I will also put links to that so that everybody can join us. Kathy... Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Is there anything that I missed or I might not have known enough to ask that we should bring up before we finish? Well, I, I maybe just that all three of the things that I'm doing, the worm composting, sprout growing and the laughter, but let's talk about worms and sprouts for a moment. People now have their kids at home. A lot of people are homeschooling and, you know, a lot of online learning. Worms and Sprouts offer a tremendous learning opportunity. You can get the kids involved. The, uh, with the worms, it's really a, a no-brainer. Really, it isn't because you can have them shred the paper, so they're preparing the bedding. They're actively engaged in, in keeping those worms happy and healthy, and, and they love them. I mean, I, you, there's nothing not to love about these beautiful creatures once you get over the ick factor. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So, so there's that piece. And then um, with the sprouts, you know, you can have the kids again, growing their own, they become farmers <laughs> yeah. and they get, and it's, you know, sprouts are the original fast food. They grow super fast and then you eat them and there's no waste and um, you save money, you get nourished. And I don't know um, in the States what your system is if you have food banks or, you know, if, if you have pantries where people don't, that, that need food can go. But my goal is in Canada, um, for every family that goes to the food bank, that they are given one of these super simple sprouters. Every month they get a bag of beans so they can grow vegetables for their family for a month. Wow. Can you imagine? Wow. That's a game changer because food banks, at least here, are, you know, all pretty much canned or boxed or, you know, highly preserved foods. Um, so to offer something that provides actual fresh, real nutrients is, that's a game changer. It absolutely is. And same with uh, breakfast clubs in schools, you know, sponsored by the large corporations. Thank you very much. Um, if they top that sugary cereal with some sprouts, now it's food. Now it actually contains some food instead of just stuff that they're eating. Small enough you can hide them anywhere, practically. <laughs> <laughs> Take a couple in that grilled cheese you're making your kid. <laughs> Absolutely. Put them in your smoothies. Put the, you know, just eat them. They're, they're a great snack. And the thing with the sprouts is they're full of fiber. So it's like I say, oh, eat as much as you want. Oh, you can't because you actually fill up with nutrients. Right. Yeah, and I love so that learning experience. I think that's really important. And start young. I mean, you know. Start young. And then same with the laughter. The laughter helps us 
Um, it's a really stressful time. And when we're stressed, oxygen is not getting to our brain and our brain can't help us if there's no oxygen. Yeah. So laughter helps us. Ha 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 ha. And you can't be sad when you're laughing. Like if you put your hands up, I say to people, you know, if you're having trouble, your kids come home from school and they're, you know, they're having a bad day or maybe not even from school. They just wake up and they're having a bad day <laughs> or yourself. I tell people, just throw your arms in the air. Yippee. 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 Three times. And then your state has changed and you feel better. Huh. I love that. That is such a lovely tool to add to the toolbox among all of these great things you do. Thank you so much for what you do for the world. And I think even just these really small changes, if everybody did them, we would be able to make the world a better, safer, happier place. And Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, as always, for listening, and make sure to check out Yard Reform at yardreform.org or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere on the web that you like to hang out. You can contact Yard Reform at yardreform at gmail.com. Let us know what topics you're interested in exploring or if you have some knowledge that you'd like to share on the Yard Reform podcast. Stay green out there, folks. Until next time.